Hello and welcome to the Week 7 Football Outsiders NFL Recap Show. I am your host, Ian O'Connor, Senior Data Analyst here at Football Outsiders. Joining me as he does every Monday is Mike Tenier, Senior Analyst at Football Outsiders. And it is Monday, which means another weekend of NFL action is in the books. And you could have access to all of our stats today with an FO Plus subscription. Instead of waiting till tomorrow, you'll hear us uh, mention and allude to a lot of stats during the show. And in addition to those stats, uh, what you get access to is our NFL picks a little early, premium stats, articles, fantasy rankings. DVOA is also used to help move markets. We do have people that, that use that that helps move the markets. You can take advantage of the market inefficiency early in the week. Also, if you're a media professional or aspiring media professional, you can get access to DVOA and all those other stats a day before the non-FO Plus members. So don't forget to sign up for that at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. And then on the other side, when it comes to fantasy, play on Underdog Fantasy with us, and you can double your first deposit up to $100 using promo code OUTSIDER. So even with the NFL best ball season over for season long, Underdog does have other user-friendly game formats to spice up all the games like their Battle Royale, which is a weekly six-round best ball style draft with simpler chances to win than you have on those traditional daily fantasy sites, or their Pick'em games, which we'll get to here in a few moments as well, where you can wager on players' chances to go higher or lower than their projected stat lines. You're basically building a parlay of prop bets uh, for a single game, or you can combine games as well. And you can do that even in states where traditional prop betting currently isn't available. Underdog's the fastest-growing fantasy site around, so join the fun over at underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app in the App Store and use promo code OUTSIDERSNOW to double your first deposit up to $100. Mike, now that I got all my talking out of the way, how are you doing this fine Monday? How was your weekend? It wasn't great. I got kicked out of the bar by a bunch of baseball fans trying to watch my football games. And all these people in red caps came rushing in demanding to watch baseball. Now, I get it. I I used to be a big baseball fan. I used to be a big Phillies fan. I've written books about the uh, Philadelphia Phillies uh, baseball. But when there are three televisions in a row and two of them have a baseball game on and the third one has a football game in the middle, there's no reason to change the third one over. Absolutely. The no. like, I'm mad that I have to turn my head slightly to watch the uh, the, the pitcher, you know, scratch his jockstrap. Come on. Let let everyone live. But then I realized about when that was happening, one by one, the TVs are switching the Phillies, switching the Phillies. Yep. And I was getting angrier and angrier. I started to ask myself, am I the <laughs> And I realized the answer was yes, yep. I'm. So came back to the home office. Watched my football, wrote about my football, had a good weekend. How about you? It was good. Yeah, it was a big, big game yesterday for the Phillies. Uh, Bryce Harper with a huge home run and uh, ended up sending or being the difference in the game, sending the Phillies to the World Series. It was pretty good. For, it was a, a fun weekend for me sports-wise. Was not fun to watch any of my teams play. Uh, <laughs> Green Bay lost. We'll, we'll talk about them in a minute to Washington. The Yankees completed uh, getting swept last night against the Astros. Uh, an untimely error late in that game uh, really doomed them. But I uh, kind of saw it coming after game one, so not too surprising. Luckily, uh, Kentucky, uh, Wildcats, they were on by. Got a big one going down to Tennessee this Saturday night. So that, that'll that be fun. So looking forward to next weekend, trying to forget this past weekend happened in sports. Going to Kentucky, Tennessee? I'm not going. I thought about it, but uh, – not sure I want to go down there and see them lose by about uh, 30 points. <laughs> well, I think Kentucky's not good, but Tennessee, man, they just they, – they look too good. Both teams coming – or not Kentucky coming off a bye, Tennessee off another big win. So, we'll see. But we'll get into some uh, NFL action now. And the biggest news of the day, we feared it since yesterday afternoon. Brees Hall, it was just uh, confirmed. I saw a few minutes before we hopped on here. 
torn ACL he's done for the year. And that's really disappointing for a rookie who'd been uh, one of the best rookies this year, just had really been electric these last few weeks. Yeah, somebody that I was excited when I was doing draft coverage about mm-hmm. where he was going to go. Liked him. I think I liked him better than Kenneth Walker. I didn't like him as much as some other running backs in the class, but I liked him overall. Great player. Comes out really the last couple of weeks and has been balling out. 42 carries over the last three weeks, 285 yards, uh, 6.8 yards per rush, three touchdowns. He had a 79-yard reception. He had 34 and 62-yard runs. He's kind of been the big play element of the Jets' offense who don't get a lot of big plays in the passing game. So, you know, exciting young player, big blow for the New York Jets. Yeah, I had that huge game uh, against Green Bay last week in that loss for the, the Packers, a win for the Jets. But, you know, he's looked good, like you said, all those numbers. And our numbers have backed it up. He's sixth in DYR, fifth in DVOA. The best rookie uh, best rookie back so far in those numbers behind only Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Cordero Patterson, Miles Sanders, and Aaron Jones. Those are some good names uh, yeah. to be in company with. And the thing was, he didn't really take over the lead in this backfield till the last three weeks or so. Michael Carter started out as the number one. He'll, he'll head into the lead back. They were splitting a lot of the work. Michael Carey, Michael Carter, I think, got the majority in week one. Yeah, Shrank down a little bit in week two, and then he took a uh, – Brees Hall took over, like we said, in week three, I think it was. Uh, so really tough to, to see him go down. You always hate to see any player go down, but especially a rookie like that having a really good year. But Michael Carter has proven uh, – he was a rookie last year and had had a really good year. Uh, has proven he can, can kind of shoulder the load there. They've got um, – I think Ty Johnson is the third string who's come in and had spurts shown shown that, that he can can do well as well. But it kind of takes us into a conversation. He's obviously uh, pretty much out of the running now, Brees Hall is, for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Who do you like for Offensive Rookie of the Year so far? I would imagine Kenneth Walker is probably the favorite after his big games now since taking over. And he's the running back one in Seattle for the rest of the year. Yes, Kenneth Walker, you're right. A couple of big games. Really hot, surprisingly high-powered offense for Seattle. He is the favorite right now, the odds-on favorite at plus 200. Second is Damian Three Pitbulls Pierce, uh, the legend for the Houston Texans, and he's at plus 300. What tell you right now, this was a kid that a lot of us loved in the draft process, mm-hmm. loved when he went to the te- Texans. The team doesn't have a lot of talent, yeah. uh, and we knew he'd be getting the ball a lot. I picked up Pierce at the beginning of September. I talked about one of the podcasts. I have him at plus 900 for Offensive Rookie of the Year. You're not going to get that anymore. He's getting the ball a lot down there. He's at plus 300. If you look at the board, I believe Ross has put the board up by this point. The best value on the board is Chris Olave. A lot of big play uh, opportunities. Kind of the one guy that you know right now is going to get the ball. Had an injury, came back from the injury for the Saints. Michael Thomas is on planet Michael Thomas. We don't know if we're ever going to see him again. Jarvis Landry is who he is. He's been injured. Olave is getting a lot of opportunities, making a lot of big plays. If uh, if I'm voting, I'm probably going for Walker or Pierce. Uh, you know, if I'm gambling right now, yeah. Alave is probably the best value on the board. Yeah, and another one too, not as much value there, but right there with uh, uh, Drake London at plus fourteen hundred. But yeah. Brian Robinson, uh, he's come back and has been been pretty. They're giving him a lot of work. He had seventeen carries against Chicago last week, twenty against Green Bay. Not right. doing a ton with him. Uh, we know that Washington offense hasn't been great. Uh, three and a half yards per carry, 3.7. Got a touchdown last week. Had a couple catches this week. I think he could be one that could move up a little bit more as the season goes on as they utilize him, especially with Heineke in there if the offense looks a little bit better. I know they, again, we'll talk about them in a moment when we get to Green Bay and some of those teams. But he's one, too, that I think could have some value. A little bit lower. Not, uh, I don't think he'll jump up and win it. But also the story with him, I, I know 
you kind of try to pull that away, but some people might kind of factor that in when considering yeah. rookie of the year based on what he went through. Uh, but I agree with you, Olave. He's had another good week this past week on, on Thursday night. Kind of forget about that game, even though it was a really good game for once on a Thursday right. night. And heading into the, the conversation that I was just mentioned with Green Bay, uh, one of these teams, which of the three and four teams do you still believe in at this point of the season? The Bucks had a horrible loss yesterday. The Packers, bad loss as well. 49ers just got steamrolled by the Chiefs, which was surprising considering how good the 49ers defense has been, but yeah. I don't know if the Chiefs blowing anyone out really surprises us at, at this point, especially coming off that hard-fought loss to the Bills. But which of those, or is there another one that you believe in? Uh, well, the three and four teams, we pick them because you've got the legendary quarterbacks, and then you have the 49ers who, you know, playoff team, Super Bowl team a couple of years ago, they bring McCaffrey in. And these are teams we have expectations for. Mm. And in the NFC, it's like either one – or all of these teams make the playoffs, or we have an unprecedented amount of turnover in the NFC. Like the idea that you're going to say, oh, okay, well, the Falcons are going to win the NFC South and the Vikings are going to win the NFC West and yeah, the Seahawks are going to win the, 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 the West. Excuse me, I had a mixed up there. It doesn't really add up. So some of these teams have to bounce back. And your favorite team in the world, the Green Bay Packers, is a team I still more or less believe in. I look at Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and this team is is spiraling. This yeah. is a team spiraling all the way, three points against the Panthers. Mike Evans dropping passes. Mike Evans, after the game, talking about, well, you know, I dropped the pass on the third play of the game, and the life went out of all of us, and we, and we just really couldn't recover. It's like, you guys are all 30-somethings with Super Bowl rings. One drop pass should be just like, whoop, erase it, let's keep going. This is a team that isn't in the good headspace and, and probably isn't uh, in a, on the right – part of the curve between you know age and performance like it's not just Brady who's getting older other guys are getting older they look like a mess the 49ers you talk about that defense defense is still very highly ranked in DVOA DR terrible performance weak performance against the Falcons too yeah it's like okay well Bosa was hurt Hufinga was hurt well at some point this becomes who you are to a degree too and it can't be like well if all 11 guys are healthy well forget about all 11 11 guys probably aren't going to be healthy this may be who the 49ers are Packers, you watch them. You keep losing these heartbreaking games, <laughs> and we get these weird Aaron Rodgers press conferences afterwards, and you look at how they look from play to play to play, how they look in the first quarter of these games, look good against the commanders in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and you say, this is easy to correct if they can just sustain what they do early in the game throughout the game. They just have not been able to do that. Yeah, and you mentioned those are the three and four teams we picked. The other ones out there, the Falcons – you said uh, the Commanders, the Arizona Cardinals. I thought about throwing into this group. Yeah, okay. um, I, I, I wasn't. Com- I'm not completely sold on them yet, uh, but they did. You're, you know, you're, so, you're sold at all on them. <laughs> What's that? You're sold at all on the on the Cardinals? You, yeah, for, you're a believer. For me, it's just a little bit that I can't help but I can't cast them off completely. I don't know what it is just seeing like what Kyler Murray can do, even though they've just looked terrible. The offense just doesn't look good. He just sometimes finds a way to make the craziest plays that Mm -hmm. it's hard to really count them out. Um, Had a big one Thursday, but I actually went the opposite of you. Uh, My confidence in the Packers has gone down and down and down over the last three weeks and and said uh, to pick two of them. um, Really, it's hard to count out Brady or Rodgers. Right. Packers were still 10th in offense heading into yesterday. Defense only 24th. The Buccaneers were on the opposite. Their defense was really good at 4th in DVOA, only 16th. But Tampa Bay couldn't stop P.J. Walker. 
Chuba Hubbard and, and Deonta Foreman. The 49ers, I think, will still be tough. Again, we mentioned that bad defensive performance against the Chiefs. They did get some players back, still without Eric Armstead. You mentioned, like, it's the NFL. Are you ever going to have all of those, those right. uh, guys healthy? I do believe in all three teams to an extent, but I'm least confident in the Packers. They blew that lead to the Giants, go out and lose to the Jets, who are a good but not great team. The defense has been top 10 like we thought they may be. That was a big point of emphasis in the, the Almanac chapter about them. But then yesterday against Taylor Heineke and the Commanders to look so good early, and then just they were 0 for 6 on third down. Like they didn't convert a single third down, I don't believe, in that game. It's hard to see enough in that receiver room. Romeo Dubs dropped uh, a couple easy passes, a fourth down, a third down screen. I think it was they should have had. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of football left, but they're basically at this point, in my mind, playing for a wild card spot. The Bucks and 49ers have a good shot to win the division. The Bucs are still ahead on the tiebreaker leading that division. I do think they have a lot of the same players they've had over the last couple of years. The talent is all there. You mentioned Godwin's out there. Evans is out there. Fournette, they've had the offensive line issues. And then the 49ers, only a game back of the Seahawks. I I think the Seahawks are going to continue to be pretty good, but I like just as much as Jimmy G kind of is criticized, he does have the track record of them winning games. Got him to the Super Bowl last year, you know, what we saw happen last year. So I'm, I'm, Again, confident in all three, but least confident in the Packers. Have a little bit more confidence in the Bucks and 49ers. Yeah, I can say, like, from a headspace standpoint, the 49ers aren't, like, sort of, like, living in this drama world. Yep. You know, I think the Packers are living in a drama world. I think the Buccaneers are living in a drama world. And the 49ers is doing what they normally do. Oh, we lost to a really good team because we, you know, Garoppolo went Garoppolo. Next week we'll play a weaker team and we'll beat them with defense and yak. And we'll put our portfolio together. You mentioned Romeo drops. Uh, he had to drop. He had to miss. I also saw somebody, I mean, it was Zach Krause, showing him just turning the wrong way on a deep pass. Mm-hmm. And 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 Rodgers tries to lead him to the right sideline. Safety's in the middle of the field. Dobbs runs right to the safety. It's kind of pretty, <laughs> it was pretty obvious. It's like, okay, it's a choice route and run away from the safety. And he runs yeah. right towards him. There's your rookie. There's your rookie from like a not prestigious program where he didn't yep. get a lot of NFL coaching. And you're still dealing with that. You talk about the third downs, third and fifteen, running the swing pass to Aaron Jones. Just it's like you cry a little inside. That's that's what you make. Somebody else said it on Twitter. That's what you make Carson Wentz do. Yeah, like you're gonna throw an interception. Interception. So we don't trust you. We're just gonna throw a swing pass. Maybe the guy will break six tackles. Making Aaron Rodgers do that. No wonder Aaron Rodgers is coming out in his bathrobe and and and, and being surly after after the games. Like there's a lot that they have to work out there. Yeah, and it's things could get get even worse next week, like as he mentioned in in the press conference. Like this could be the best thing for us, you know, going into Buffalo next week. Not a lot of expectations. People are going to count us out. Maybe that's what we need. It could get ugly fast if they play the way that they've been playing up there in Buffalo. Buffalo coming off the bye. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, they've got a shot to lose that one by like thirty points if they don't <laughs> figure some things out this week. Because it could be ugly. Now on the other side of it, talking about good teams. Teams that are playing pretty well uh, that maybe aren't on the Super Bowl shortlist. I was looking like the Bengals uh, are coming back. They were all kind of expected to be there. We've got teams like the Giants, the Seahawks, Dolphins, Jets, Titans, those type of players. Looking at one of those to add to the Super Bowl shortlist, I kind of <laughs> have that question. It's like, do I have to? Because <laughs> as well as some of these teams are playing, I don't know. Uh, if we're talking strictly talent, separating mm-hmm. it from the situation, I lean the Dolphins. We saw what they did before Tua got hurt. Know their capabilities offensively. The defense been banged up a little bit, still a right around league average. But if we're accounting for their situation, they'll most likely have to get past the Chiefs and the Bills to reach the Super Bowl. I don't see that happening. So given how competitive 
or maybe incompetent, I should say, the NFC is. I probably lean the Giants. It's going to be tough to win that division, but they're only one game back of Philly. They've still got two games against Philly. The yeah. defense only 29th on the year, but 19th over the last four weeks. They've been a little bit better. They don't make many mistakes. That's something Vince right. Verheye mentioned in our coach ranking show. They just play very good fundamental football. They've proven they can win close games every single game, uh, a one-score game, uh, except the one, uh, the Ravens game that Aaron has mentioned a couple times where Saquon could have scored. Yes. Uh, to make it. Um, what about you for, for those teams? Or is there another one that you think could, could be a sneaky Super Bowl contender? I, I, everything you said about the Giants, by the way, are very accurate. Four games since Daniel Jones has thrown an interception. Mm-hmm. And he's had three one sack, you know, one time getting sacked games out of the last four. And that's the kind of thing that allows you to sustain drives when you don't have a lot of deep passing game. You don't have a lot of weapons. You don't have a lot of playmakers. Good penalty differential, a lot of stuff like yeah. that. They were the number one passing offense coming into this past weekend. I think they still, they're probably up, up near the top still. And part of it was because you mentioned no interceptions recently. Right. No interceptions, no sacks. I think they only have six 20 yard completions mm. all year. And like the next lowest team has like 11. Okay, so being able to sustain that kind of high percentage play, I don't think it's sustainable for a full season, but it gets you to where you are now. At this point, six and one, it doesn't matter. It got you here. Um, I went the other direction. You mentioned the Dolphins. And by the way, the way we phrased the question there, it was to force us to pick a team. Right. Because neither of us are going to be like, oh, go bet on the Dolphins right now. Go bet on the Giants, Giants, Dolphins, Super Bowl. But for the sake of conversation to make us, force us to make a decision, I went with the Dolphins. Kind of, I was thinking about it in the first half of Sunday Night Football when Tua was stroking it, getting the ball to Waddle, getting the ball to Tyreek Hill, getting the ball to some other guys, looked super confident, super accurate, fast-paced. They're shutting down the Steelers. And it's like, this is the team with the front-line talent that could get there. Remember they beat the Bills. Remember mm-hmm. they beat the Ravens. Yeah, okay. and they have <laughs> – What's that? The second half came around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And Tua began throwing the ball directly at every Pittsburgh Steeler defender. He could find a luckily that was bouncing off their chest. So there's a little, you know, there's a little bit of a give take with this, but I'm still going with the Dolphins. Yeah, and Tua said he's going to play a little bit smarter, slide more. And then I think it was like a third down. He goes and just lowers his shoulder into, I think it was Devin Bush. Right. And ended up coming up a yard short, but it's like, we don't want to see that from you right now, too. Maybe a couple games in, you know, when you're you're further removed, but probably not at all. Just all quarterbacks ever, unless it's the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and this is your legacy at stake. Slide. Yep. Slide. Go out of bounds. Thank you. And unfortunately for Tua and the Dolphins, they have the Lions next week. So that was a, a big, I made this point. It might be a little too late now because you're going to be competing with other people. But last week on the daily, uh, the fantasy embedding show, I said, hey, if you've got Mahomes or Justin Herbert, they're on by next week. Tua has the Lions. Go ahead. If he was dropped, scoop him up, which is what I did. So now you're going to be fighting people for waivers who need a quarterback that don't even have one. That's a good one. And speaking of, uh, we mentioned Seattle earlier too. They were another one I put in the Giants. They're in the driver's seat for the division right now. I do think the division still comes down. San Francisco, I mentioned I have faith in them. The Rams have the potential to coming out of their bye if they could configure a couple of things out. Uh, they still have a lot of talent there, a lot of top-end talent. But San Francisco or Seattle, they have a tough schedule. They've got the Giants. They're at Arizona. Tampa Bay in Germany, if they can figure things out, could be tough. But they got the 49ers yeah. again, the Rams twice. They go to Kansas City, and they face the Jets. Um, again, not a lot of like top-end teams other than the Chiefs there. Uh, right. San Francisco, who, who beat them pretty good uh, in week two. But some teams that we're talking about here, the Giants, the Jets, that are just tough teams. 
But surprisingly, Seattle's defense is number one in DVOA over the last two weeks. They were really? 31st through the first five weeks. They faced Arizona and um, I'm drawing a blank on the Chargers yesterday and, and really held the Chargers in check uh, pretty well. They're the number three offense on the year. It sounds like uh, DK Metcalf, it, there was some worry around there, but it sounds like he should be okay. There was nothing serious there. He's pushing to play this week or pr- to practice this week. You'll have to see. Uh, and then Kenneth Walker, we talked about being favorite for rookie of the year, has been has been just awesome since taking over. So they're another one I think could, if they can keep things going the way they have been, and it's been seven weeks at this point, and they've continued to look pretty good. So, I mean, it's they're another one up there with the Giants. But really none of those teams, like you said, have maybe have any value to bet on them. <laughs> but for the sake of conversation, uh, right. those are the, the ones that we like. Right. You have to keep an eye on these. Teams. By the way, I call them – the Giants, the Jets, and the honorary New York team, the Seattle Seahawks with New York, New York's Geno Smith out there um, because they're doing the same kind of thing. Like, ah, you know, I don't think they're really that good, but gosh, they keep winning games, finding ways to win games, surprising you in all these different ways and makes them exciting. Absolutely. And we'll move on now to Monday night football where there is one game left in the week. Though how we got stuck with Chicago in primetime in back-to-back weeks, I'll never know. They're playing on Monday this week. Eight and a half point dogs going into New England, a 40 point total on this one. Ooh. Sounds like from all everything I've heard, Mac Jones is expected to return tonight. The New England defense, too, has been great the last three weeks. Second overall, second against the pass, 10th against the rush. Um, what do you think about this? Was it eight points last week? It's eight and a half now. What do you think? I, I got two things. One was you trying to get yourself worked up to talk <laughs> about this game and just having to. And also when you said the Rams in the last segment, the Rams, and you had the nice question mark. Whenever we say the Rams now, we have to say it in the form of a question because yep. we're not sure what this is anymore. Like, are we, the Cooper Cup and, the, and Aaron Donald, those other guys, question mark. But now I've forgotten your initial question. Uh, but this is this is the Monday night edition of Thursday Night Football. Go ahead. Absolutely, yeah. So Chicago, the eight-and-a-half-point spread last week when Mike and I did the show, eight points was tough. Yeah. I, I'd say that I would lean to take it, though. Chicago, they've lost their last three by eight or less. But, again, with Mac Jones back, Tyquan Thornton had a big game, the rookie, last week. Uh, Devonta Parker, Devontae Parker has been good lately. Ramondre Stevenson's been great. And Damian Harris is back. Right. I really just see the Bears struggling to move the ball. That I mean, they haven't, haven't done much of anything. Uh, Patriots, I think, can cover this. And the defense, yeah. I was leaning towards the under with the, the Patriots keeping it under the Chicago defense hasn't been bad either. So I, I lean towards the under here. What are your, what are your thoughts on tonight's game? I would lay with lay the points with the Patriots. Cause I can see the Belichick fundamentally sound, very rugged defense, shutting down the Justin Fields, miraculous scrambly play, which is kind of like a big percentage of what the bears do. So I would, I would lay points with the Patriots. Where is that under? Are we down at 40.5? Four, I saw it at 40 uh, today. Let me – I've got it up here, I believe. Yeah, 40 points on team rankings. I have it at 40. Yeah. I have it at 40. So I got it at 40 here at DraftKings. I got it at minus eight. So here's a question. What if we same game parlay the Patriots' money line? And I'm going to go over because I'm thinking points off turnovers. Okay. And you can same game that and not worry about the eight and a half points at plus yep. 130. And that's tempting. If you prefer the yeah. under, you can get that at plus 150. Okay. So if you've got a strong feeling about the over under, yeah. and I would lean over on that. 
and you're a little worried about laying eight points with that right. Patriots offense, look to the same game parlay opportunity. That said, eight points again against Justin Fields and the Bears, I feel mm-hmm. like the, the, the Patriots can do it. Yeah, and you mentioned Justin Fields scrambling a big part of that that offense there. That's actually one of the the props that I pulled. That both of these are kind of his rushing attempts at seven and a half. I like the over there, forty two and a half rushing yards over as well. He has eight rushing attempts in all but one game, and that was seven in Week Three against Houston. Forty seven plus rushing yards in four straight. New England has really only faced one real running quarterback. That was Lamar Jackson, and he okay. ran eleven for one hundred seven. Justin Fields is no Lamar Jackson, but He's proven he can run the ball, and he's done it a lot this year. So I like those two, really either one. on When you're looking at it on underdog, if you're doing that pick them, I think it's eight rushing attempts and 44 and a half rushing yards. You can only pick one. I would probably lean I, – I leaned, I think I went with the rushing attempts just because I think New England could kind of focus on him a lot more where he's going to try and scramble or have to scramble and run but may not get the rushing yards. But I don't think the rushing yards are a bad prop either. I think he's got a chance to hit a couple long ones and then add in some threes and fours here and there. So that's another one. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I mentioned Damian Harris is back. Uh, over two and a half receptions. I was looking at, at Stevenson's rushing yards. I think they're at 62 and a half. I'm just not sure what the split's going to be with him and uh, Damian Harris. Stevenson's averaging 5.1 yards per carry. He'd have to get to 12 carries to do that. Uh and if they're going to split these guys, it would be tough. Um, so the receptions, he's got four catches on five targets exactly in three of the last four games. Chicago is 11th against passes to running backs, but they've given up three-plus catches to running backs in four of the last five and four out of six this year. So I think that's a decent play um, there. And then the last one I had was Jacoby Myers, over 51.5 receiving yards. He's got 55-plus in every game. He's only yeah. played four games, but he had 111 and 60 in the last two since returning from injury, I think he gets to that pretty easily as well. I definitely like that last one. Getting the ball to, to him is good. In terms of fields, one of the things that worries me is that they don't do a lot of designed runs for him. It's a very low percentage of defined runs. That said, all he takes is a two read option type plays or sneaks. Yep. Okay. And then you're in the position to say, okay, the scrambles are going to carry the rest of the way. I'm with you. I like the rushing attempt total mm-hmm. that I can just count, count, count. So I do not have to worry about him getting pushed out of bounds for no gain uh, because Barrymore or somebody else is just chasing him along the sideline. So that's the one I'm strongest about right now. It's, t- it's tough. These teams don't – I mean, there's not a lot of offense here. You've yeah. got a new quarterback coming back in. So you only have, like, really two games of Mac Jones, and they were not very good games. And you don't have, like, any go-to wide receiver that you can make a prop for. So it's tricky making props for these games. Yeah, especially I was looking at some of the Bears receivers, and it's really hard because, like, Cole Komet has struggled so much this year. They haven't really used him as much as we heard in the preseason. But his receiving yards are set at 22 and a half, and I think he's had a game with, like, two catches for 40, three catches for 45, and then other games where he's, like, 12 yards. And it's hard. Same with um, Vilas Jones. He's had one catch in each of the last two games, like, nine and ten yards. His receiving yards are set at four and a half, but he's only had one target in each of those games, too. So you're like, are they – if he gets a target, doesn't catch it. That's his only target. You know, that that kind of sucks there. And so you mentioned they just don't throw the ball enough, so it's hard to tell if they're going to – they fields through the ball 27 times last week, I believe, which was right. the most of the year. Are they going to do that again? Is there going to be enough passing to kind of take some of those those overs? But then the unders worry me because what if they do come out and throw the ball and you've got <laughs> a guy like Darnell Mooney hits a long one and goes over his 40-something yards. Uh, so it's tough. Like these offenses are just really tough to 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 play, I think. I just noticed, and I was looking for sack numbers. 
Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Matt Judon, one sack plus, all the way down at minus 130. So it's not even like you're going to get a lot of uh, meat on yeah. that. If I want to play a bunch of props, and there's a chance I'll play a bunch of props to kind of keep myself alert in this particular uh, showdown, then throwing like one of these minus 130s that feels like a gimme in there isn't a terrible idea because then you kind of diversified your portfolio. Yeah. Like this one's probably going to come out, and then like I can gamble a little bit more with the others. But that's one uh, I'm going to be looking a little bit for things like defensive prop. I didn't look up any time touchdown score that uh, for defenses and special teams. Mm-hmm. That might be a value in this game. So that's a good way to look for an alternative when you're not sizzling excited about the offenses. Yeah, and uh, mentioned some of those props, and I mentioned at the top of the show, underdog. Again, if yeah. you play with them, you can do this pick them, and you can do, again, basically just parlaying uh, over under props uh, in there, and you can win uh, up to, I think, 20 times your money if you get five mm. out of five. You can do parlay insurance, so if you pick five, Five's the max you can pick. If you pick five, you do insurance. You only have to get four, but you only win 10 times your money if you get all five of them. Uh, so a lot of fun. Again, you can get a deposit match up to $100 on there uh, using promo code OUTSIDERS. Yeah, that's Underdog Fantasy, uh, underdogfantasy.com or the Underdog Fantasy app. We'll move on now to our next segment that we, we've begun to do the last few weeks, our winners and losers of the week. Start with you, Mike, with the winners of the week. We'll start on a high note. We'll end on a low note. But who was your winner this week? <laughs> the high note is Josh Jacobs, running back from the for the Raiders. And I pulled up his stats for the last couple of games, which I believe I actually got from Brian Baldinger. Um, and in the last couple of games, last three games, Josh Jacobs, 69 carries, 451 yards, six touchdowns, three touchdown game, in a sort of a must-win game to stay in the conversation against the Houston Texans. And I love the way he's doing it. Because they line up in the I formation, the offset I formation, give the ball to Jenkins, let him run downhill like an old-fashioned 1970s running back, 1980s running back, like the running backs I remember when I was young, breaking tackles, making guys miss. And this is a guy who, remember, was playing in the Hall of Fame game. We started this season, preseason, with the conversation about how, oh, Josh McDaniels wants to move on from Josh Jacobs. He's going to want to bring in his guys. Etc. They drafted Zahir Wright. They brought Brandon Bolden in. They had all these other guys. Josh Jacobs will be on the trading block or whatever. Here we are in week seven. He is the cornerstone of that offense. It's an old-fashioned, rugged offense. And he's playing outstanding football. Yeah, and I think uh, Aaron Mitch Edge was just pulling up the tweet. The offensive line no one is talking about, too, is the Raiders. They lead the NFL with 5.7 adjusted line yards per carry. No huh. other offense is only five is above 5.1. And Raiders running backs have only been stuffed for a loss or no gain 11% of the time, which is second best behind Green Bay. So really that was kind of a question mark, I think, coming into the year, if I remember that correctly and reading in the Almanac. like, And there was some questions just when we know about the team in general. But they've come out, like you said, and just Jacobs has dominated. The offensive line has been very good. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, that Alex Leatherwood was, like, starting for a while, and we thought he was going to start. And, like, there was questions along the offensive line. And I don't think the offensive line is super outstanding right now, but McDaniels is scheming in a way that says, well, it's not going to – we're not going to put the burden on them to be great pass protectors. If you're going to run, like, ISO – and literally, they run things like, like ISO uh, out of, like, a, a, a I formation, and you just let these guys tee off, they're going to have success. And they're having success. They're using the fullback. They're using Jacobs. Absolutely. And, and I was – was getting upset watching the game because I had the uh, misfortune of playing against Josh Jacobs in my my home league, my biggest league, and uh, uh, had a lot. Of, I had AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, um, 
AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, Gabe Davis, and Alvin Cook. Like half of my starters were on bye. It was a really <laughs> rough bye week this week. We talked about that last week on the the betting and fantasy show as well. So that was a tough game for me to watch every time uh, Scott Hansen would come on and say, "Oh, we're going to Las Vegas and Josh Jacobs." I'm like, "Oh, great, this is this is terrible." But he, I mean, he's actually proving me wrong as well. He was the guy that I said was most likely to fall short of his FO projection this year uh-huh. in fantasy. I was the same. Like a lot of people didn't really think he was going get, to get as much of the work. Uh, they drafted Zamir White and just thinking uh, and brought in Brandon Bolden, a bunch of guys. But yeah, he's definitely having an awesome start to the year. Uh, just keeps on rolling. My winner of the week this week is Steve Wilkes in the Carolina Panthers, interim coach out there. Uh, we know I had the big upset over uh, Tampa Bay. Carolina had the fourth best total DVOA of the week. They were the second best offense behind only Kansas City, who had a historic day. I think the eighth team, eighth offense ever to go over 100% in DVOA. Mm. And then somewhat surprisingly, only ninth best defense, but still a very, they were one of 11 teams to be above average this week. Their second best defensive DVOA of the season, their best game against the Giants. Their only game of the year with positive offensive DVOA, and it's after Baker Mayfield goes down. It's with P.J. Walker. They yeah. ship off Robbie Anderson, and they get rid of Christian McCaffrey. Chuba mm-hmm. Hubbard, Deontay Foreman both have really good days. Didn't allow a single touchdown to Tom Brady and the Bucks, though partly, as you mentioned, due to that Mike Evans mm-hmm. wide-open drop, should have been a touchdown. But really just a great game all around from Carolina, just uh, kind of, I guess, shut you know, shutting everyone up for a week about uh, the players. You, I imagine they heard, they hear a lot of it, and they know these guys are leaving the building, getting traded. Like no one's yeah. going to expect anything from us, from us. And to come out like that was was awesome. And to see Steve Wilkes get that uh, game ball from his team after the game was really awesome. And that's the thing, Wilkes was there to sort of be a tone setter and a reminder to everybody there to keep keep trying. Like like that, some of those players are part of the Panthers' future especially now that I think the first wave of trades is over with. And so get out there, play with pride, play hard, and you can get results. And that's good. And by the way, folks, we're asking uh, uh, fantasy questions. And again, I'm not a fantasy guy. We have fantasy shows, as the Football Outsiders account is pointing out. But somebody asked if uh, Ethan Bender asked, you think Travis Etienne will be good the rest of the season? We'll say Etienne looked like he was playing lights out mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks, right up until the moment when it looks like he's running in for the touchdown, gets the ball poked out from yeah. him. And the Giants, Giants-itude. Like, the Giants' comeback was on. So I'm comfortable ETN's going to get the ball a lot as a rusher and a receiver for the rest of the season. He's going to be a big part of that offense there. And he does really look explosive, as somebody else pointed out, Elias pointed out. So not fantasy advice, but I think ETN's going to get a lot of yards in production in the weeks to come. Yep, and Tom Strachan mentioned that on our their fantasy embedding show. Over the last couple weeks, really, that since – Week four, I think ETN has uh, gotten more work than James Robinson, really taken over the backfield. So I agree there. I think he's going to be a good – he looked very good yesterday uh, in that game as well. And just one one other thing to mention, too, on Steve Wilkes. It was kind of interesting. He got kind of that, that – the bad bad end of the, the, the deal out in Arizona. Yes. In there for one season, comes in, no expectation. They're expected to lose. They win like two games, I think. He gets fired, and then they bring in Cliff Kingsbury and – who you gets know. 18 years to get his system in, in place. Oh. Yeah, so rough day. Yeah, he, he had a big game. Uh, one other thing, too, I just remember Brian Burns had a, had a, a really good game and a good night in the post-game interview. Said he was going to have three glasses of Hennessy last night and watch a couple of movies. going to watch Rush Hour 2. Uh, I forget what the other movies, but his post-game interview, if you didn't see it, was, was pretty funny. Uh, he was set up for a good night last night after the big win. Three glasses of Hennessy. Rush Hour 2, and Paddington 2. 
Yeah. I don't know if that's actually the other one, but that that's like a great night for me. So we'll, we'll go yeah. with that. Right. It, it was very good. Uh, so that'll take us in. Those guys were winners this week. Our losers of the week on the other end. It didn't go so well for these guys. You alluded to, to your guy earlier, uh, had a bad week. Who was your loser of the week this week? It goes to Jimmy Garoppolo. Cause what happens when you bring in uh, Christian McCaffrey is you sort of shine a spotlight on Garoppolo who wasn't supposed to be there. He was not supposed to be there at this point. This is supposed to be Trey Lance. He comes in, Garoppolo does his Garoppolo thing and does win a couple of games. And now you bring in another offensive playmaker, yak monster type guy and say, here you go, Jimmy, go play your ball distributing game and get us a win or at least keep us close, keep us in games, gives us these opportunities. We mentioned that the Chiefs were boat racing on offense. What's Garoppolo do late in the game? Well, first of all, he throws an – blooper interception early in the game gets a safety in the end zone and this was not a safety in the end zone where suddenly the entire defense collapses and you know you get uh, intentional grounding while you're trying to throw away he's standing he rolls out and just stands in his end zone like he's got 45 minutes back there. <laughs> this is an experienced veteran game manager quarterback standing in his own end zone like no way frank clark's going to come up behind me after like uh, 20 minutes sitting here and of course he does and you get the safety there Gets strip sacked by Chris Jones late in the game. So the spotlight is on Garoppolo to be productive in this one year. This looks like it's supposed to suddenly be the 49ers year. Get it done. And he's showing his limitations go beyond the fact that he's not a good deep passer. There are all these other limitations for Garoppolo that are going to break the 49ers heart this season. And we saw it this week. Yeah, and a play from that game, too, that I remember everyone was thinking the same thing. Not so much on Garoppolo, but he had uh, Jeff Wilson out of the backfield to the right. could have scored a touchdown. Garoppolo throws it to him a little bit off, but it was hard to tell if maybe Wilson lost it in the sun. It was right where that sun was coming in. Mm-hmm. We never saw the ball, but everyone that I saw on a lot of people on Twitter. And I thought the same thing. Where is McCaffrey? McCaffrey probably catches that ball easily and gets into the end zone. And, and, and McC- but McCaffrey probably knows four plays. They traded. The trade was Friday. The trade was Thursday night yeah. at 10 o'clock. So it's not like McCaffrey comes in and like jacks the matrix into his back and knows all mm-hmm. 6,000 of Kyle Shanahan's plays. They probably went inside and said, okay, here's inside zone, outside zone. We're going to give you a choice route in the flat. It's not like he knows the exact rule for the wheel route. So yep. maybe in a couple of weeks that turns into a touchdown. That's great. But again, but that's the thing. You bring McCaffrey in week seven. He's probably not going to be fully integrated until mm-hmm. after the bye, which I think is week nine. What are you really getting out of that this year? when you're the 49ers. I, I yeah. don't understand it. Yeah, I think he had 10 touches, eight carries, a couple catches. It seemed like most of them were in the first half early, early in that game. It seemed like late in the game it was Jeff Wilson, and probably because of that, knowing just right. don't, a single mistake can, can lose you a game, especially in a game that was fairly close until right. maybe the fourth quarter. I forget when it was that Kansas City kind of ran away with it. Um, but, yeah, Garoppolo, not a good game. For me, losing of the week is the team that beat them last week. Arthur Smith. So, Mike, I got a question for you. If I told you a team had 29 rushing attempts and 13 passing attempts, would you think they won that game? <laughs> yes. Yes, I would, Ian. I would think so, too. Well, Atlanta did that, but they <laughs> lost. In fact, this is from, I think, it was Dwayne McFarland, who's with the, the Matthew Berry, the Fantasy Life app, uh, tweeted, in fact, they trailed by seven or more on 100% of their offensive plays and proceeded to run the ball. They, they also trailed by 11 on every play after the 451 mark of the first quarter. They dropped back to pass on 45% of their plays. The league average in this scenario down 7-plus is 72%. Mm. And Arthur Smith dials up 13 total passes in this game. 
their eighth overall pick this year, Drake London, you'd think that's a perfect game script for him to get, uh, you know, have a big game like he did early in the year. Had just one target, one single target in this game. Caught it for nine yards. Ooh. And looking at it in the kind of the conversation list, if you don't trust Marcus Mariota to throw the ball, put it in the rookie Desmond Ritter's hand. Like, put him in, see what he can do in a game where you're getting blown out the whole game. Let him throw the ball and see what you've got there. But the thing is, Mariota hasn't really been terrible passing the ball. He's 17th yeah. in DYR among 34 qualified starters, despite being only 24th in attempts. And a DYR is an aggregate value stat, so typically the more times you throw the ball, you're going to be able to rack up more. So he's 17th despite only throwing the 24th most passes. He's 15th in DVOA among 34. Again, not great, but not terrible. Actually, you've got to throw the ball there. They lost by by 18 points. But you lose a game and you're down that big and you only throw the ball 13 times. That's not a recipe for a comeback. Right, and I, I think that he's really hiding his offensive line to a degree. I think the offensive line has kind of played well. You look statistically, superficially, they played well. Not a lot of really good talent there. So you're going to protect them by running the ball. They love the pistol formation. They love to use play action. They did get one play action over the top play uh, to Damian Bird uh, yesterday. Yep. But the joke of that game is you talk about all those things, and yet they cleared the over. And that's what's amazing. <laughs> about that game is that they made sure Falcons got their 17 points somehow. And the second half of that, you're right. I didn't realize how much running was done, but that game just melted in the second mm-hmm. half. I think Arthur Smith looked at the, the scoreboard and said, ah, okay, they got the 35-17. We don't got to come back in us. We're not going to be able to come back. Let's yeah. just munch the clock. Let's let's munch the clock. Let's go home. Let's go have three glasses of Hennessy and watch Rush Hour. <laughs> yeah, there was a single score, and it was 5-20 left in the third quarter. It was Joe Burrow's. Uh, sneak there on the, the goal line. That was the only score after halftime in a game that was really high early. <laughs> they cleared the over with that. And then they said, our work here is done. We've cleared the over. Let's go home. Guess who had the same game parlay on that game? Yes, yours truly. <laughs> great, great job. Yeah, they. I guess everyone, the coaches and everyone there probably had the same thing and decided, let's not get anybody hurt. Let's just uh, call it a day. Like you said, right. run the ball. <laughs> At 35-17, you're not supposed to do that. Like, it's, I respect the idea. Hey, it's 38-3. to Yeah, let's run the ball. Let's not, like, be silly. Let's not be heroes. It's a two-score game. It's a two-score. Marcus Mariota is a veteran. You do have London. You have Pitts do something. Mm. I agree with your decision. Arthur Smith, I think he's having a pretty good year. That's a yep. good losing of the week choice. Yeah, again, uh, Pitts, too, uh, had a, a, a decent game by the stands. He had three catches. Only nine yards fantasy-wise this year. I mean, uh, the three catches, I think, is like probably the second most that, that he's had. He's been kind of non-existent. Smith's gotten a lot of uh, – caught a lot of flack for that. But yeah. until next week, we'll see what happens. We'll have some more winners and losers next week uh, and see what happens on Sunday. So that'll do it for today's show. Before we go, again, don't forget you can get a free $100 from Underdog Fantasy using promo code OUTSIDERS, even in states where that traditional prop betting is not available. So they'll match your deposit up to $100 again with promo code OUTSIDERS. Also, don't forget to sign up for FO Plus at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Get NFL betting picks that's uh, spread, money line, and total now. We've added the totals in the last few weeks. Projections there, and those are ordered by, and, and highlighted by confidence that our, our model has in those. You get fantasy advice, premium stats, and articles. Get that ad-free experience, and you get access to all of the data on Monday. That would be today if you have that instead of having to wait until tomorrow and last but certainly not least join us on the football outsiders discord for in-game conversation 
for every game that will be on there tonight for that Monday night football game between the Bears and Patriots, then on uh, Thursday night and on Sundays as well. Mike, thanks for joining me as always, everyone out there watching. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to tune in to all of our other shows throughout the rest of the week.